In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Whose words are you listening to today? Who do you like to look at and listen to online? What podcasts do you listen to? Maybe you're still old school and listen to the radio station like me most of the time. Whose words are you listening to outside of the church? And what words are you hearing? The words of the world will always say to you, you are never enough. Maybe you don't matter. You can't do enough. You're a loser. Only be like others. Try harder. The world sets up all of these standards by their words. No one is right. Everyone's wrong. Maybe you're listening to yourself. Maybe you're like me who has these nonstop blah, 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 conversations in your head. Left, right, center. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's like a big whirlwind of words in my head. Words matter whether you realize it or not. And there is always a meaning to them. And they always have an author. The church has words. But the church today really wants to appeal to society. We like to intermingle church words, the word of God, with worldly words. But think about this for a moment. If the church is truly trying to go after the world and what the world demands, then it shouldn't be surprising that the world wants nothing to do with the church. Why are you acting like this towards us in the world? Why should we even come if this is something that you're trying to be about like the rest of us? Whose words are you listening to concerning death? Great. Maybe I shouldn't have come today. Maybe we're visiting and maybe we thought that this would be a little uplifting. Death. The world will tell you it's natural. It's a natural cycle of life. It's just a regular natural thing. But death stings. Death stinks. Death is all around us. We had a funeral Friday for a dear saint in the church, Pat Funk. The leaves are dying outside. The bugs are dying, thanks be to God. You drive by cemeteries, and yes, as I talked to a funeral director Thursday evening, Little Rock is out of cemetery plots. How do you speak, and what words are you listening to about death? It hurts. It causes pain. It causes heartache like nothing else. And yet the world says... It doesn't really matter. It's your time, but live for here and now. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. What are you hearing in the church about death? Maybe you're not really listening. Maybe you're not really paying attention. Maybe you haven't remembered what Jesus says. I am the resurrection and the life. He who comes to me, though he die, 
yet shall he live. Today in our gospel reading, we've got two parades, two processions. The parade of death. The widow at Nain lost her only begotten son, as Luke says. And there is the parade of life with Jesus, true God and true man. And this is not a situation where, well, looky here. Look who just showed up in our lucky day. The Son of God. Jesus knows what he's doing, where he's going, and what he has come to accomplish. Jesus shows up at funerals kind of regularly in the Gospels. But I want you to notice something today about the Gospel reading and the funeral that Jesus interacts with. No one asks Jesus to do something about the boy in the box. When Jesus shows up with Mary and Martha after Lazarus dies, they look at Jesus and they don't say, do something about it. What do they say? If only you had come earlier. And Jesus says, roll the stone away. And I love what they say in the King James there. No, Lord, surely he stinketh. Surely he is smelling like death. Jesus interacts with others who have died, a young child, and he says, they are not dead, they are asleep. And people mock and ridicule him. But Jesus shows up, nonetheless, at a funeral procession, and you'll notice they don't know what to say. They don't know what words to use. But when Jesus shows up to the funeral, when he shows up to death, he does things, and he says more than you could ever ask or think possible. This widow is burying her only son. You have to think about that for a minute. We don't think in the modern ways of this, this woman has lost her, her husband. That would be her source of income, her source of housing. That's the way it was back then. And if your husband died and you had a son, you were taken care of. I still have a source of income. I still have a source of housing and standing in the community. But if the son kills over your only begotten son, you are basically left to the community. No income, no housing, no standing in the community as able to live. She is now burying her only son. And do you notice probably what death brings? Pain, sharpness, confusion, sadness, questions. Think about what it is that she might be thinking. My husband died. My son died. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know where I'm going to get money. I don't know who's going to take care of me. I don't know anything. It is sheer chaos. That's what death brings. But Jesus shows up. And he shows her compassion. That's not a, they're there. This word compassion is Jesus is suffering with her. 
He is grieving with her. Her sorrow is his sorrow. After all, yes, he is true God, but he is true man. He is shedding tears just like she is. This word compassion is this gut-wrenching, I feel sick to my stomach, I don't know how necessarily to respond to this, compassion. We have a great high priest who can relate to us in every manner, fashion, and form. That's Jesus. Do you know what to say? Do you know what to speak at the death of a friend or loved one or at a funeral? I'm so sorry. I feel bad. Don't cry. It will be okay. I don't know how many times I've been asked, Pastor, I don't know what to say. I'll give you two words to say. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. That's three for you. Death brings a weird silence of words. But yet, all of you have a space in the ground reserved for you. It may not be today or tomorrow. It may be 20 years from now. But there is a place by which you will be buried. You can't avoid it. This is never, though, God's plan. He is the author and sustainer of all life. Death was never something that he intended for you. The wages of our sin, though, is death. But do you know what Jesus does at this funeral? It's kind of crazy. It's kind of one of those things where you might have said something different, Jesus. He says to her, what? Do not weep. What are you talking about? I lost my husband. I've lost my son. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know what's going to happen. And you tell me today, don't weep. Who do you think you are? Don't cry. You can do this, lady. It'll all be good. God's going to take care of you. But he speaks. Not what you're expecting. Maybe not what you want to hear. But he speaks the right words and the perfect words because he is the only one that can do anything about D-E-A-T-H. Do not weep because I have come to reverse death and sorrow and the sharpness and the sting of death. But Jesus does not come along and wave his hands or give him CPR or put some sort of magical shot in his arm. He speaks with words. Just as this world and this creation was spoken into life and order by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of Jesus' physical words, he speaks life into this dead, died, drying up boy. Young man, I say to you, arise. Do you believe this? Maybe it's a myth. Maybe we're not sure. That's an awfully big problem to say that there is some sort of solution. 
Are you listening to the words of the world before the word of God? Are you sitting there confused, worried about everything around you, your finances, your health, just fill in the void? Most of the church today, unfortunately, with death and funerals, listens and likes to speak like the world. The person who died was a good man or a good woman. They loved their family and they loved many. Most Christian funerals become an elongated eulogy about the person who, yes, unfortunately, died. Don't take offense at this. You're waiting, right? Yeah. It used to be that pastors would say, I would rather do four funerals to one wedding. Weddings used to be all dramatic. All of these things have to happen in just the right way. After 21 years, I would rather do four weddings to one funeral. I cannot tell you how many times as a pastor I've been told, you've ruined the funeral. You didn't tell us what we really wanted to hear about our loved one. We're disappointed. This is supposed to be a celebration of their life. It's supposed to be a celebration of the memories and everything else. And that's absolutely true. But so much of the world simply says that when you kick the bucket, that's it. All that we can do is rejoice in how they live their life. And if that's how you view a funeral, I'm sorry. I'll probably disappoint you as well. But I have been called and ordained, put in orders to speak the word of God in the midst of death. Christ is risen. The world and even the church today in a lot of ways don't get death. Death doesn't even seem to be on their radar. We do everything possible to avoid it, even in the funerals. No one has an answer. Just ignore it like it's not even there. But the elephant is still in the room. The elephant is still in the room here today. The elephant was before your eyes, revealed to your eyes, at 11.30 this past Friday. But take heart. If you are here today, you are in the midst of life. Perfection, beauty, joy, and hope. As you walk by that baptismal font placed in your midst, be reminded that God has placed his name on you. We began the funeral Friday that in holy baptism, Pat Funk was clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers all of her sin. And we respond with Romans 6. We were buried therefore with him by baptism so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we've been buried with him, we will also raise, be raised with him. You are marked with the sign of the cross on your forehead and on your heart. And the last time I checked, the cross was an instrument of death. 
but it's your life. Jesus' words sound foolish and unreal to the widow, but then he speaks to this son who is in the casket. He speaks to the woman and to her son, but he does not say, oh, he's in heaven now. He's an angel. I needed him more than you did. His word brings eternal life. Ten words is all he says. Do not weep. Young man, I say to you, arise. Creation is restored. Life is given. Flesh and blood, breathing and speaking, is all restored for this boy. And he speaks to you this day. He doesn't say, hey, make a decision, try to live harder, be more obedient, and I might save you. He speaks the words of eternal life. I forgive you all of your sins. Take and eat, take and drink of the fruits of my cross and my death in the Eucharist. Depart in peace. You are free. You are alive in him. But the elephant is still in the room, and we as a church might still have our worries. A very dear friend of mine in North Carolina, who was a pastor just north of us, had a major conflict in his church. The church wanted to have a new mission statement. And they had meetings about the mission statement, and there was a sharp divide couple different camps as to what the mission statement needed to say. And this is the way it is at times. Churches become split, confused, and even angry about something like that. He went through all these different meetings. He went through all the frustrations, the angry phone calls. And when they finally sat down as a congregation to sort of decide on what they would do, there was more fighting And he stopped them and he said, I have come up with the perfect mission statement for our church. Augustana Lutheran Church, we prepare you to die. We don't want that on our sign, Pastor. We prepare you to die. Death no longer has victory over you. The grave has no sting over you because of what you receive here today. But whose words are you listening? You either believe these things about what Jesus has done with death or you don't. Listen to what Jesus says. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So in the midst of all of the words that you can listen to today, in the midst of all the voices and authors and everything else, listen to what Holy Scripture says to you about death. Pause. Get off your phone. You need to close your eyes. That's fine. Listen, because faith comes by hearing. 
The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God, so turn and live. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord, so that whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall all be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Listen closely what Jesus will say to you on the last day. Young man, young woman, I say to you, arise and live. Come receive the kingdom of heaven prepared for you since the foundation of the world. You will not be a spirit in the sky. Like this young man today, you will have flesh and blood, bones and breath, and you will get to see one another again. Never to question, never to fear but to know everything revealed to you by God and to know each other fully and wholly. Listen to one more word from God. After my skin has thus been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes, my eyeballs, shall behold and not another my fa heart faints within me. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And so shall you. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.